Pod, 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 pod. Rugby pod. Hello and welcome along to the Rugby Pod. I'm your host, Andy Good. Unfortunately, Andy Rowe's still away in New Zealand for personal reasons, so we wish him all the best. And Joe Marler's taking a break this week after his try-scoring exploits at the weekend. He'll be back for our first live show of the season, though. More on that in a minute. But we do have someone else to keep us company today. Uh, welcome, Jim. Thank you. But more importantly, the man that made your Scot- Scotland career. <laughs> Ben Kay, we've got Ben Kay in the house. Oh, yes. I should, should say yes. Thank you, Ben. Uh, I'm not sure what I did apart from when you said, do you think I should go for Scotland? And I was thinking, you're actually pretty good. Yeah, Jim, go for oh, Scotland. Oh, pretty good. He, he was like, you're rubbish, mate. You've got no chance of playing for England. Only the good players play. Oh, he doesn't mean that. He doesn't mean you were good. How are you, Benny? I'm all right. Yeah, I'm good. Uh, busy weekend, flying around the place. Lots to, lots to talk about with uh, what happened over the weekend. Bit of controversy. So, yeah, it was great. Yeah. Is, is it weird for you being on on this podcast? The shackles are off. It's 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 enjoyable. You don't. Do you, do you have to worry about Ofcom? No, no you say, no. mate. You can say whatever you, can say whatever you want. Whatever you should oh. listen to what Jim says every week. What was John really like? Twat. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. No, he's oh, say, see, I can't say that. Well, not that he'd listen to this. He, doesn't he, he has got no, no, not nothing to do with you. But there's no way he'd know how to download a podcast, mate. He definitely listens. But I to do this. see him every uh, every day in the school car park. So uh, okay. still bullies me. Does, Does he? Yeah. The kids go to the same school. Uh, yeah, one of one, one of one of mine and one of his goes to the same school. Okay. But the, I mean, that's the way most people see each other in a school car park, Jim. <laughs> yeah. no, jo- it's, it's not just hanging out at a kids' school. What are you <laughs> those kids left ages ago? They just yeah, just yeah. left the car park. Uh, how is Jono? Is he? He's got no interest in getting back in rugby. I don't know. Um, I'm going up to uh, watch Liverpool with him in a couple of weeks, so I'll, I'll be able to grill him a bit more then. But I think he's just happy in, in what he's doing. He's massively into his cycling, isn't he? He's lost so much weight. He should take it up, good. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but you said he's got the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> but he, he um, like, you know how Ainley gets on things. Like the NFL, he could tell you every stat yeah. from any player that's ever played in the NFL. Well, a little bit like that with cycling. You know, he takes his takes his gears apart and polishes them and, and does all that sort what of stuff. A weird, what a weirdo. Still so, a weirdo then. Polishing yeah, his yeah, gears. But, but he's got, <laughs> he's got um, you know, he's done all right out the game, I think. And, uh, you know, so if you if you don't need to be in a regular job, then why not sort of pick and choose what you want to do and, and um, you know, enjoy your hobbies as well. We're going a little bit off script. We weren't going to talk too much about Jono. He's probably the third best second row yeah. if, if he was here. But, like, so obviously he had an amazing career. He was a player that you played loads of games with. I played... Eight, eight or nine games, but a player that I obviously looked up to massively, yeah. and, and he's and yourself, yeah, and yourself, right. Ben, and yourself, and Leo Cullen. But <laughs> how, yeah, yeah, Deeks as well. Basically, anyone who played any second row that was better yeah. than you, so Guy, Guy Manson Bishop, day, mate. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> as well. But like, so you mentioned, John is obviously happy when he took the England job, and I know we're going back here, but I'm just interested to hear your opinion on it. How did that affect him? Because his love of rugby was obviously there. He was amazing his career, but taking that England coaching job and what happened off the back of the 2011 World Cup. Yeah, look, he's a proud guy. The thing I hated most about that was uh, when he resigned, how little support he got from those around him at the RFU. You know, Rob Andrews sat there and sort of nodded, nodded as if to say, yeah, it was all his fault. And I'm, I'm go- I think he could still have been a brilliant England coach. And if you look at, sort of past history of, of the guys that have gone on and won the World Cup, most of them have had a pretty shitty first attempt at the World Cup and it's not gone their way. So, you know, had he been given more time, I think the, the thing that did for him actually was beating Australia twice in a year because when he took over, 
England were we were in a shit state, weren't we? Really, yeah. I'm, I, was, I was still sort of <laughs> holding on for the thing, with the fingernails at, at that time, and we were in a, a pretty shit state. And I think people's expectations weren't that high. But as soon as he beat Australia twice, everyone went, "Oh yeah, we've got a chance at this World Cup." And then we know the, the wheels came off. I think he did struggle a little bit with the change in mentality of rugby players that he wasn't necessarily expecting that that he'd have to sort of sit on them and, and, and make sure that, you know, they, they were doing the right things. But like he thought they would, they'd self-police themselves yeah, like you guys bit. did in 2003. Yeah, yeah I think so. But I, I say self-police in 2003. There weren't camera phones then. There wasn't social media nearly as much. And so did we go out and, and, and have a few beers in 2003? Yeah, we did. But yes, no, please. No, no one talked about it. But no one uh, threw dwarfs around in 2003, I didn't think. No, no but I... <laughs> no, Austin wasn't there. <laughs> who was it? Was it Austin um, Healy wasn't there to get chucked around. Was it Ashy who said uh, the greatest quote around that was, uh, it wasn't as though we took the dwarfs with us. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. it, they just happened to be... In, and and I def, I'm sure had we walked past uh, or walked into a place where there was dwarf tossing, we would have partake. Thanks very much to Rugby Pass for their help with the pod again this season. If you're listening to us in Asia, they have the rights to every single major rugby competition. In Australia, they have the Pro 14 and European Champions Cup. They also have lots of great content everywhere else, including this pod. So go and check them out at rugbypass.com. And a big thanks to Guinness as well for their help with all our live shows. We've got the first one of the season next week at O'Neill's in Soho. Looking forward to that, Jim? Can't wait. Marla is going to put you to bed. Is Marla coming, is he it? Is. He is. Joe Marla's the special guest. Uh, that's on Thursday, the 27th of September. So check out eventbrite.co.uk to get your tickets if you fancy coming along. No, Benny, Benny, you're, you're, you're Benny, you're there, aren't you? You're Benny, definitely coming. Yeah, I'm definitely there. Tops yeah. off, neck in pints. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's your Amazing. Game, that's just up my street, yeah. So obviously, very busy with BT Sport. Um, loads to talk about from the weekend. Um, one question I've got for you, and it must be really difficult. And we've all, you know, obviously with Saturday, three guys that have played for Leicester and, you know, Jim's moved and I've moved to 14 different other clubs as well. But you're part of the board at Leicester, aren't you now? Yeah. Um, obviously, the start of the season that Leicester have had. Yeah, season, uh, one game in, see you later, Matt O'Connor. Yeah. Yeah, um, that wasn't the uh, wasn't the easiest week. Mainly because I get on with Matt, and and he, you know, I find him a good bloke. I mean, <laughs> did Goody's influence have an effect on the decision to sack him? Why? What did he say? I haven't said it. <laughs> that was you, Jim. <laughs> um, look, there were some issues at the end of last season with, with the performances. We, we sat down together as a board, senior players. Like someone just uh, coming to my front door, sorry. That's okay. Uh, <laughs> Who is it? Is it Jono? Is it Jono? Is this going Jono? live? Jono? No, no. There were things that, that we said needed to change, but you can't... You have to test things and you, you have to test whether they're, they're changing. And yeah, with hindsight, maybe we should have realised that, that they weren't going to change, but we felt after the first game and that first performance that a lot of those hadn't been addressed and then just talking about the board and stuff it because there's a rugby committee at Leicester isn't it that makes the decision yeah. and then re- reports to the board is that right yeah so when you say we the, the people on the rugby committee yes is, yeah Matt O'Connor's obviously part of that in terms of reporting yeah. to them or Jordan Murphy now yeah. um, uh, Simon Cohen myself Peter Tom and Rory Underwood and then we also have conversations with Jed Glynn though you know about you know he wouldn't necessarily have any input into the head coach decisions but so I think people sort of probably don't understand what his role is so he's not above Jordan in any capacity so in in a normal rugby club or a lot of rugby clubs they have a director of rugby who's at the top and a lot of his role is not on the pitch you know the the the, the majority of his role is probably not on the pitch mm. it's like Dean Richards yeah exactly yeah. and then but if you have a guy that you want to be at the top of your tree who's a tracksuit guy whose best work is on the pitch and although Cockers was a was a director of rugby he spent a lot of time on the on, on the pitch so when 
we employed Matt and it's the same with Jordan. The head coach's role is about the performance on the pitch. He is then assisted by Jed in his role, who does a lot of the legwork that he can't do in terms of going out, finding who's available. So they will sit down together and Jordan now will say, these are the sort of guys I want to to build my squad around. You wouldn't believe how complicated getting within the salary cap is. It is unbelievable because every player in your squad wants a pay rise every year. So even if you're giving them five grand a year across 40 people, that's one player that has to go out of your squad. And that's why we're seeing you know, squads reducing because people are not necessarily trying to buy in new talent. They're just trying to keep hold of what they've got because someone else will take them. So a lot of it is rearranging. So Jed will go through all the scenarios of, well, if you really want this guy, you could maybe get rid of this guy and we could take a punt on this guy. Or if he's not that important, let's let's rearrange here. And that is down to the head coach's philosophy on how you want to play. And then Jed comes to him and together they agree the path of, of you know your recruitment and everything else and what your squad looks like next year. And Jim, just a quick question for you on that. So he just Ben just gave an example there. If every player, there's 40 players in the squad, they, they all want a five grand pay rise. You had a, an amazing maths teacher. How much is that in total? 200. Well done, Jim. Thank you. Well done, Mrs. Good. Well done, Mrs. Ca- Good. I was counting on my fingers at the same time. So, <laughs> But Ben, we don't want to labour the point because we've spoken about Leicester and obviously they've been the, the team that everyone's been speaking about. Yeah. Um, so Jordan's now at the helm and for me initially when the news came out that Matty O'Connor wasn't there anymore I've put the Batman sign out for Adino or for Adjono to come in so the more time's gone on and it's only been a couple of weeks I've been so impressed with with Geordie how he stepped up I spoke to Brett Deacon on the phone today and he said that his, his pre-match team talks are so inspirational they were obviously at the get busy he, he's centre. always good at that. I mean, that yeah yeah like Matt used to often get him to do them because he is Leicester and he's got that passion. He he speaks really well. So he was made interim head coach because partly there's an element of protecting him in that because we don't want to lose him. But equally, you know, no one knows quite how it's going to go. It's a very different situation to when Aaron was made interim head coach. So when Aaron was made interim head coach, we'd let Cockers go and we said, while we decide who is going to be the, the head coach, Aaron's going to be in charge. Aaron was one of those candidates, but... It was until we made the decision. So, you know, it took a couple of, uh, you know, a few weeks to make that decision. When we made it, it wasn't. It was going to be Matt O'Connor, and obviously Aaron and Matt O'Connor weren't going to be in the in the same situ- in in the same coaching team because a lot of their skills um, cross over. Jordan's very different. Jordan is in charge until the end of the season, but you always have to caveat caveat that if something ridiculous happened or the wheels completely came off, the reason they haven't said. Jordan is head coach is because they don't want that to come back and haunt them. If you did need to bring in someone to support him, for example. But it's been a very short term since he got the job. And I, I think everyone has been absolutely blown away by how well he's done. Not not just the players, they seem very, very happy. Both, obviously, the senior players. That, well, actually, obviously, the younger players, because he was the guy that had the relationship with the younger players who were getting disappointed and frustrated at the lack of opportunity. But I think the senior players have really appreciated the fact that they, they are getting more say in how they're playing. George Ford was interviewed pre um, the, the Wasp game, and he was he said something really good, actually. He said... Coaches see what you don't see, so you need to listen to them. But we feel things that they don't feel. So there's things that they might be thinking, well, there's the space, but actually they can't feel how the game's going and, and stuff. So it's that interaction. I think Jordan will be brilliant on that. But the the rugby committee had a meeting with Jordan. They went to watch training and the, they were 
hugely, not, I was going to say surprised then, not surprised, but can't believe how quickly he's, he's got control and, and looks the part. Well, you can see that by the way they're playing. Um, so it's great having you on the podcast and speaking to people in Scotland, actually, before I come down, oh, I went to podcast, had someone on the way down now to do it. It's Joe Marlott. I said, no, Ben Kay. <laughs> oh. like, Ben Kay, any of the guy who dropped the ball in the World yeah. Cup final. Yeah, <laughs> that's all they, that's people, all they knew you for. People barely mention it, honestly. <laughs> people, but I, I reckon probably just three times a day. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, 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 it's obvious, you know, of course people are going to talk about it. I mean, it's only been, what, 15 years. I'm, yeah. only, jo- I'm only joking. I, mean, I, I, did want to bring honest, it, I did want to bring it up. That was why. It was so, an easy way honest, in. You either get really offended by it or you sort of, you know, you go and do after-dinner stories about it and, and all that sort of thing, and, and, and you, you make the best of it. You know, everyone's dropped a ball somewhere. Um, well, not apart from you, Jim. Well, yeah. I never got past yeah. it. That was, that was the thing. But Can you just recap the listeners? Because, I mean, it was 50, nearly 40 years ago, wasn't it? So yeah, our, it was demog- our demographic of listeners might not quite remember it. I mean, it was actually my 21st birthday when you boys were in the final. And you were celebrating, but oh, you were English then, weren't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. England till I still, die. <laughs> still got the rose tattoo. What rose? See, I don't know it. <laughs> He's covered it up now. <laughs> uh, but to our millions of listeners, can you just remind them exactly what happened? Yeah. I mean, I, I was absolutely stim- Hilly fly hack through, didn't he? They turned the ball over. Was it Wilco? Big Wilco tackle. Hilly fly hack through, and I was uh, hanging out on the wing, having a breather, and the ball came over to to my side. Uh, genuinely, what happened? And people, yeah, go, oh yeah, whatever. As it, as Dorse got the ball, he's thrown like a he's seen the cover coming over and he's tried to hold them and he's sort of thrown a little sort of pump pass just dummy just to try and hold them a little little fraction of a second give me a bit more and I've taken my eyes I've seen him start to throw it War was coming over he was coming over I thought well, I'll set myself for, for contact and I've caught the first pass and Dorsey's thrown the second one oh, <laughs> Were you wearing gloves? He's wearing the stick mitts I was, yeah, I wasn't. So I started wearing those at the end of my career. But uh, yeah, Steve Thompson, before the game, had said, mate, it is absolutely lashing it down there. I've got this extra pair of gloves if you, if you want them. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. So I, I was wearing them for the first half. And then funnily enough, I took oh, did them you off. take them off? Oh, yeah, no. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah, going to say, they would have went bankrupt if, if, so, well, if no, that the was problem the case. Was, they weren't samurai ones. And samurai <laughs> stick mitts were the best no, out no, there. I, took, I took them off after I dropped it. So oh, after you dropped yeah, them? Yeah, oh, dropped so they have gone bankrupt then. But that's actually a good point because no one ever remembers where it is. So everyone thinks it was like sort of second half towards the end of the game and uh, God, thank God Johnny came along but at the time we were so on top at that stage of the game when I dropped it I thought that's alright we'll, we'll get another opportunity and we'll score and then Jay scored and I thought oh thank God for that I'm off the hook Yeah. and then they kept like reeling us back in and, and um, yeah, but no one really remembers that but was it playing on your mind throughout the game I mean you know speaking yeah. frankly I you know, made mistakes missed a tackle or many yeah, in a game yeah obviously it did um, it didn't help Martin Corry so obviously warming up in front of Clive <laughs> Straight straight off, straight mate, it was a good, good mate, 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 mate of mine. Get him off. Get him off. <laughs> well, how we laughed about that after. No, but of course it plays on your mind a bit, but you, you use it as a spur, don't you? And, and that was one of the most brutal games in terms of like tiredness afterwards. And uh, I just tried to make up for it by making as many tackles as I could. So talking about the World Cup, Benny, you're obviously involved in the hospitality side of things uh, for the 2019 World Cup as well, aren't you? Yeah, uh, working with uh, Sports Travel Hospitality, STH Live, and they're the official supplier of uh, World Cup hospitality. And I'm actually genuinely excited because it's Japan and uh, never been there. Really, really looking forward to it. And it's so different to anything else that that we've had. And we know that they do events really well over there. So, uh, yeah, it should be be a, a great trip over. 
So if you're interested, buy your hospitality package before the end of 2018 and go into a draw to win a dinner with Ben, the Web Ellis Trophy, and eight of your friends or clients. And I'll be wearing my stick mitts as yes. well. Oh, I might. I'm going to apply. Uh, the tournament's less than a year away and places are selling fast, so check out STH Live to guarantee your best available ticket. The Web Ellis Suite, Web Ellis Pavilion, and the Platinum Finals and Semi-Finals packages are sold out, so get in quick before the gold and diamond dinners sell out too, and just head to sthlive.com forward slash the rugby pod to find out more uh, Benny so we're obviously here with Goody we're all old friends but you would have played a lot more games with Goody than I did any fond memories any bad memories um, I mean looking at him now I, I know you're looking down at the midsection as you look at him now has he changed now from how he looked grown, before I've grown See, this, this would be a bit mean to say but occasionally you did feel poorly on the pitch and you had something that picked you up which was a kick cat. Yes. And, and the physio would bring on a kick cat when he wasn't feeling well. It's only a couple of times it happened. Well, you know, a couple Good, of times uh, a week, so, really. But genuinely, he rocketed my career because I used to run uh, that inside line Cov. Close, close to the, the breakdown. Cov line. Was it Cov? It was called the Cov Yeah, it was Cov, yeah. It, no, it was Anfield and then Am- Cov. Yeah, yeah. Got changed oh. to Cov. And uh, he uh, kept giving me the ball, so I looked really good. <laughs> that, and the, no yeah, other that, that is, never that, did it. That's because he's not good. He just didn't want to take contact <laughs> I himself. I couldn't move. So give it to Benny. <laughs> that's what you do. But I, I did. So I, I listened last week, and you were giving people a bit of shit about their hairstyles. Yes. And, uh, Some bad hairdos last week. I don't really have a style anymore. But... Um, like you had a couple horrible, horrible haircuts. You had a Mohican at once. Yeah, I did yeah. You had a Mohican. Was that European Cup? For? Didn't Dean go ballistic when you turned up to the European it was Cup like, final? Oh, it was when Beckham had his, you know, the blonde bit down the middle. So I went for that, but it was shit. So what, you're, like the, you're like the Beckham of rugby. Is that what you were? The fat one, yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I did it. And Dino was. I took my hat off, and Dino was like, "What the fuck is that on your head?" Yeah. I was like, oh, uh, he's like, "Well, you're not getting on tomorrow." I was on the bench for the final. <laughs> He's like, well, you're not playing tomorrow. I was like, please, Dino. He's like, well, you can be on the bench, but you're not getting on. Um, we won, and Austin, I think Austin played well and got man of the match or something, didn't he? No, no. Um, but I remember like, playing with Benny, and when you play with good second rows, Jim, you can call things off anything. So when we played together, which was few and far between in terms of games, I knew we couldn't win a line-out for shit, so I was calling the defensive line-out. When I was playing with Benny on our team, and it's the opposition line-out, we were calling backs moves off the line-outs. Benny would win it, we'd just call it. And it well, made... that was his thing. Line outs. I was just there for the big hits. Oh, like, I was like the destroyer. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, it's good. I mean, obviously, you know, your career at Leicester was phenomenal, wasn't it, in terms of the trophies that you won? And it spanned across pretty much all the successful eras of the club. And... Yeah, well, I, look, I was very lucky in the time I joined. So I joined when, yeah, the, the England boys were away, which was perfect timing. So I got my shot. And had I not gone at that time, I did. I got an opportunity to go to Leicester when Tony Russ was there earlier when I, went, I was at Loughborough University and, and I didn't go. I, you might have noticed I had a pretty shit knee that uh, I, was, I, I ran with a limp my whole career. I told you we couldn't. And I, actually, I actually thought I, I probably wouldn't make it as a professional because that will hold me back. And then Tony Russ actually came and coached me at Waterloo and said, mate, you've got to go somewhere. I've, I've rung Dean. He's, he's going to have a look at you. So I joined Leicester for, well, they offered me six grand originally as Big a 23-year-old. A, a week? No, six grand oh. as a 23-year-old. And then I went, uh, he said, come down and meet me. And he went, Oh, I like you, mate. I'll give you eight grand. <laughs> was that Dino? Yeah, oh. but I just, I just wanted it's an opportunity to play for Leicester. You know, with those people, I just said, right, I'll go and give it a go for a year. If it if it works, it works. If it doesn't, I'll I'll come back a lot poorer and uh, in the red. But it, but it's worth worth a go. So I did it, and you know, I did very well out of my rugby career. 
and it's down to taking that gamble. Really. And now you're running the place. Yeah. <laughs> On the it's board, running strange. the place. I'm more frustrated that you got six grand. I only got two and a half grand in my first contract. <laughs> yeah, um, but you were younger. Yeah, I was younger. I was 23, yeah. mate. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, How old were you? Long t- I, I was t- 19, 20. 19? Yeah. I can't speak wholly enough. What were you on when you were at 23? Oh, I went up to... Well, well yeah, I'd made it. Enough. I'd made it. You made was, it? Well, no, 23 is when I made my uh, debut for Scotland. So That's was... not making it, let me <laughs> tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Last week, you guys were talking about, um, you know, is there that same draw to play for Leicester? And... and Obviously, with how it's gone over the last few years, you know that's been eroded away a little bit because the you know you, when you're winning everything, obviously people want to come and play for you. I still think there are people that do, but it's a different situation now. If you could still want to go and play for Leicester, but back it back in our times, if one team was offering you twenty grand more or ten grand more in your contract, you'd be like, is it worth leaving? You know, Leicester, or or shall I stay here? I'm happy here. Now people are offering you 150 grand more, or 100 grand more. That that's like life changing, isn't yeah. it? Over three years. Yeah. So that's why you know, going back to what Jed does, that sort of jigsaw puzzle of putting all those different people together is so difficult now. I know it's amazing how Saracens get under the wage cap, eh, Jim? Anyway, we're still on the Leicester points at the minute, Sonny. We 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 touched on it earlier. Uh, some big news at the weekend. Everyone's talking about. You commentated. You commentated yeah, on the game, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And you in the actual game, you were saying that you didn't think the Will Spencer red card should have been a red card. No. Looking at it again now, hundred percent not because the reason that we're starting to red card shots to the head, even if they're accidental, is to change people's behaviours and 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 make them defend in a different way so that we don't get as many head collisions. I don't think. That reverberates around the world, and any any rugby player will change how they defend as a result of it. Because if you look at it, Tommy Taylor's like uh, thighs are, are parallel to the ground because he's seen Spencer coming, and he's gone. Yeah, he knows he's going to get hit, yeah. so he's he's almost gone a bit fetal, hasn't he? Trying yeah. trying to get to ground, make sure he doesn't get knocked back too far. So he's almost dipped underneath it. I think the initial contact point is as much shoulder uh, as anything else, and. You know, the other thing that... So so the referees look for three things when, when they're making a decision. Where's the initial contact point? So you could argue it's not clear-cut head and that's why George Smith got off because they, because they said there was minimal head contact um, in his hearing. Even other, though Jackson Ray's got... is had concussion this week. But I'm just yeah, saying, so uh, yeah, th- that's absolutely. just one point. The other thing is the force. So it was a, it was a forceful hit. So so I totally agree with that. And the other thing is, was the player in control or were they out of control? And I think Spencer's in control. I think he's just dipped at the last minute. And I just think now, as a, I said it in commentary, we will now be looking, or it's almost almost become that. It's a bit like the HIAs. Once everyone knows that there's an HIA, we're all going. Why has he not had an HIA? Why, why is he not? Well, actually. We, we weren't on the field, but this is, I think, I feel now we could start going, oh, that's a red card, that's a red card, and it'll just become a lottery whether people stay on or not. I understand Ben's point and argument there. I completely disagree with it, though, because I understand Will Spencer, what is he, six foot seven? Well, Geordie said he was 6'10, but I think he's growing, he might be 6'12 in the hearing. Um, Tommy Taylor's six foot two. Oh, um, you, well, I thought he was. I thought he was five that, five. That's blatantly. <laughs> he's hundred and eighty-eight centimetres. He's a wasp fan. He's a wasp fan. Remember, he's six I've stood, two. I've stood next to him. He's a big old chap. Um, my, my take on it is that these laws now have been around for a while, haven't they? Yeah. Um, and I listen. I I don't get how hard it is for big men like you two over six foot five, six seven, however big you need to be, to get hinging at the hips to be able to get low and make the tackle but with what's coming in the future this whole uh, potential the the whole nipple height as well which yeah. I'm definitely coming out of retirement because my nipples are <laughs> down behind my toes again 
Um, but you look at it and you go to, to, to Will Spencer. He's trying to absolutely melt him, isn't he? Bottom line. Yeah. In, in, in the nicest possible way, he's trying to melt him. So, But he's had to are. adjust. I think, it, I, I think is, it, is it Mikey Williams who, who, well, that, who shoots in? That's and then... the, the other thing that a lot of people, if, I think Goo's the first, person, first former player I've heard, but the majority of former players are saying, and current. That and current are saying that shouldn't be a red. Now what a lot of the people that, are saying it haven't had the experience of is you're not just defending you're not running up going I'm definitely going to tackle him you're running up thinking well if he's if the guy to the left steps into my channel I've got to hinge in and make a tackle there if this ball goes across uh, Tommy Taylor I've then got to get out and cover on the inside so as a big man the difficulty he's got if he goes down for him to make a kneecaps tackle he yeah. has to take off and then he has to commit to it. He, yeah. he will end up on the floor if he's going to make that kneecaps tackle. If the ball goes across Taylor, there's no chance he... And he'll get a bollocking from his coach for not being there. So it is very... I, if Taylor was upright, if he'd hit at the point he had, I wouldn't have had any problem with it. It's the fact that Taylor drops down and at the at the last minute, it's almost impossible to alter what you do. I don't think he drops down that much, though. That's Everyone's going to have a different yeah, opinion yeah. On, yeah. on this. Um, and I get it from you know your point of view, and Jim, you're going to say the same. It wasn't a red card because I've seen it on Twitter. No, what, 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 I, what, no, what I'm going to say... Rules is rules. Yeah, yeah. What I'm going to say, and I think there needs to be a, solu- a solution to it because it can't carry on how it is. He obviously didn't intentionally mean to, to hit him in the head with his shoulder. No, correct. So then... There needs to be a thing now where I think you get a red card through intentional foul play. They need to bring a different kind well, of you can, system. You can in. send. I would be happy if they sent Spencer off, but you're allowed to bring someone else. Exactly, on. Benny. So that's what uh, I was going to say. Because why? Why punish all the fans that have come yeah. to watch? And the other thing for, for me, Wayne Barnes is the best referee in the world, and the reason I think he's the because he has the empathy with the players, the game, the supporters, and he often says if things look really bad, then you. You know, if, if, if that's something that everyone's going to go, that's definitely a case. You, you act on it. But if the TMO doesn't come in there, I don't think anyone really even notices it. Speaking of Wayne Barnes, he's my guest on Goody's Big Breakfast this week. So let's have a listen to a bit of our chat and just check out patreon.com forward slash the rugby pod if you like it and want to hear more. Pod, 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 pod. Talking about your career and World Cups and everything, that I, I can't not talk to you about uh, New Zealand 2007. Um, have they forgiven you yet? Are they are they still at, on your back? <laughs> so, it's another interesting story. After 07, so a few things about 07. Like, um, I was named the third most hated man in New Zealand in 07, um, in a, like a, a national poll. I got mentioned in Parliament, you know, so it wasn't taken that well. Yeah. Um, and then a couple of mates went down to Queenstown, and you would have been to Queenstown. Yeah, oh yeah. Queenstown, and there's a famous bar down there called Cowboys. Is that where they toss the toss the dwarfs? I think you can say that, um, but um, I think you might be right. And a couple of mates went down there, and um, I kept getting these photos um, sent back of a bust. So it was my bust in a urinal. So you could go into this bar in Queenstown called Cowboys and take a pee on me yeah um and above it it said peed off in 07 pee on him now so i'm in this one urinal and in the other corner there's stephen jones the journalist because he's not that popular down there um so i've been back a couple of times and paid my respects and you know gone and take a pee on me um but i went back down last year for a game and um i've been replaced so stephen's still there and i've gone so it's taken 10 years for them to forgive me in in uh, Queenstown. In... Did you ever go there yourself? And... Oh, yeah, I had a couple of peas. On yourself? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Good on you, Bonzi. But, but guess who's replaced me? Guess what it's taken to replace me? Oh, that's a good question, that. Who do the Kiwis really hate? Eddie Jones? No, they're not no, going to not, 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 not rugby. Not rugby? No. I think political. 
Oh, Donald Trump. Donald J. Trump. Really? So my bus has been replaced by Donald J. Trump. There you we can, go. You can pee on Stephen Jones or Donald J. Now. <laughs> Can't pee on me anymore. <laughs> well, we can. <laughs> I don't mind. <laughs> yeah, so they um, sounds like they've forgiven me. Um, so obviously Nigel Owen's one of the best referees in the world. In my opinion, you two are the top two referees in the world. And you've got a story about uh, going over and referee. Obviously, you go and ref the rugby championships and uh, all over the world internationals. You've yeah. got quite a good story of going down under, haven't you? Yeah, so um, Nigel and I are really good mates. Um, you know, probably one of my closest mates in refereeing. We, like we did the sevens together in o two o three. He sang at my wedding in twenty thirteen. Um, good singer, isn't he? He's got a great voice, though he can't do Sloop John B as good as me. Okay, yeah, he's he's more like the classical hymns. We won't do it now, Goody. Well, maybe, we... maybe let you finish with that. Though. Yeah, no, give me ten points of Stella first. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. Um, and we've been away, and like another Bledisloe oh, Cup I've been involved in um, was two years ago. So Nigel and I were on our way down there, and like like any referee, we all have teams who like us, teams who don't like us. So as you said, like New Zealand weren't my biggest fan, but Australia never really warmed to Nigel as much. Um, and um, I got I got a late call up to go down there, and so Nigel was already in in the country, and I flew in, and I flew via Dubai this time. And um, I went to get off the plane. I couldn't find my passport anywhere. And um, so I pulled the seat out, had a look for it, couldn't find it anywhere. I thought, oh, I've lost it, must have left it in Dubai. So, but I've got it, you've got to get off the plane. So you get up to the security counter and they said, oh, passport soon, don't have it. What do you mean, don't have it? I've lost it somewhere between um, here and Dubai. They're like, that's not very good, is it? I said, well, no, I get that. And like, okay, just wait to the side. So they get a customs officer take me into a, a little room he says so what's happened I said I've lost my passport he said um, okay um, I just need to check what I need to so he came, comes, comes away talks to his superior comes back and says um, we're in a state of heightened um, emergency at the moment because of all the, 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 um, the terror threats that are going on we're not allowed to let any um, non-Australians back into the country I'm like this is a bit of an issue. This was Wednesday I was landing because I was down a little bit late. Um, I'm like, there's not time for me to get home. So I'm like, I'm going to have to you know, pull the do you know who I am card. You so, didn't. Well, I said, look, I, I, don't know, I, I don't know if this helps, but I'm here to referee a test match. He's like, what does that mean? I said, well, Australia playing New Zealand. First blood is a cup. I'm the referee. Name's Wayne Barnes. He said, um, I'll go and check. So he goes back out, speaks to his superior, comes back in. He said, it's really difficult. I said, "Look, I've not got time to get home and come back with my um, and you know get a different passport." He said, "What does this mean if um, if you don't get through and you don't um, referee this game?" I said, "Well, it means that the reserve referee will have to do the game. Who's a reserve the referee? Nigel Owens." He said, "That's right, mate. On you go." <laughs> <laughs> and he let me through. Pod, 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 pod. I think Wayne Barnes gives that a red card as well. Um, I've, I've written a piece for Rugby Pass um, talking about it because oh, so sure. I just think that Tempest's hands were tied by the fact that he, what he sees... How did he blow his whistle then? <laughs> very good, very good. <laughs> what he sees is, what he thinks is contact from the shoulder straight into the head. Now you're saying you've seen an angle where the first point of contact, shoulder on shoulder. I, I, I just have a problem when it's a lottery. You know, We all want to protect players... I'm on the board of trustees for restart. I'm patently aware of the dangers, but it's an inherently risky game to some respect. We have to mitigate that as much as possible, make it as safe as possible. But I don't think by sending Spencer off, you have changed anything about our game. I think there's some things that 
that have happened in the past, some red cards where you do change people's behaviours and say, look, you can't get away with it. Certainly it's worked with um, people being tipped in the air for, from uh, high kicks. But I don't. I just don't think any player in the world will go, oh, all right, Spencer got sent off, so I'm going to try and tackle at the knees now. Uh, yeah, and I actually sit there and I think, I do generally think it's a red card. Yeah. Just purely because of the laws that are in place now. I also think a red card is sufficient. Enough, yeah. Um, and he shouldn't get a ban. Uh, yeah. But talking about the game, obviously, actually, second half, you know, half time, it was a brilliant first half from both teams, actually. Um, you know, some errors, but some brilliant rugby from both sides. And then the second half, you think, yeah, half time just before you're thinking, oh, no, it's just ruined the game. But actually, it was a hell of a contest. And well, it, well, the, the whole fact of what's happened at Leicester in that first game, in that second half at Exeter, exactly the same thing could have happened yeah. in the second half. But they came out and they absolutely well, showed well, some Leicester cojones, didn't they? Yeah. We'll all have played four teams that have had a man sent off and, and against teams that have had it. And, and the psychology changes massively, doesn't it? Because you, obviously you've got nothing to lose. A man sent off will just throw everything at it. And the, the longer you stay in a game, the more pressure goes on the opposition. No, they should have blown us away. You know, we're down to 14 men. I think that makes a difference. You know, the, I think a lot of the decisions, Di Young said it after the game, a lot of the decisions uh, went Leicester's way in the second half. Very, and, di- very and, diplomatic of him. But yeah, he said it very well, so he's not going to get into trouble. And... You know, you just, as that sort of glimmer of hope just continues, it just lifts everyone. I think if you write a script of when it happens, it's just after Jordan's taken over and, and it's all, uh, it's them against us, uh, you know, the, the, or us against the world, if you like. And, and, and he obviously would have said his piece at half time. And look, it, it was a really gutsy performance because you're right. It was anything but gutsy against Exeter and they, they rolled over and, and, and died unless the team's don't do that. So um, that's probably a, a huge feather in Jordan's cap that mm. he's been able to turn that mindset around so quickly. And uh, your favourite player, Jim, George Ford? I thought I thought the last two weeks he's played very well. Well done. No, it's not about... You can be nice. I, I don't know George Ford. I don't know him. He knows me. I don't know him. Um, but it's not about that. He wears and, Jim Hamilton pyjamas. <laughs> of course. And, you know, speaking to Brett Deacon, who I'm best friends with, like them, they're huge fans of him. And I think that the issue, obviously, lay, lay with the coach well, that was there before. He's probably got, you know, a similar... Style. Of, he's a similar style of person as it, Danny okay. Cipriani. Oh, okay. Because Danny Cipriani is thriving at Gloucester. I know he was thriving at Wasp, but Gloucester are blown away by him because he's basically running the show. Yeah, he's and, letting and do what he wants to do. They are saying to him, "All right, then you effectively coach coach the side." Now, Fordy, uh, Matt thought Fordy was a superb player, but Matt had his philosophy of this is the shape I want to get, and and if Fordy doesn't necessarily agree with that, he can be the best bloke in the world and go out but he's going to hesitate isn't he if you're yeah. thinking I would have done it slightly differently and you're probably going to end up which is what Leicester have probably been guilty of a little bit throwing the ball behind the back of the oncoming runners the likes of Manu Manu didn't get the ball till the 46th minute in, in the extra game yeah we spoke about that and, yeah. and it's probably because Fordy doesn't believe in the shape and he's thinking well I'm running in, into a brick wall I'll, I'll give it out the back and yeah. then if you're doing that every time the opposition are going to go and catch you there. And that's what you see with Saracens and Owen Farrell. We've spoken about it. Owen Farrell runs the show yeah. at Saracens, facilitated yeah. by the coaches, but he's got that much respect there. Yeah. And it's the feel. And, and Matt and, and Australian coaches are quite like that. The Brumbies have always been. Matt was a was a real playbook coach. Like he would have, right, if we do this move, this is going to work and we're going to end up with with, with this. And, and if it doesn't work and you've got a, a 10 that's going, well, I would have done it slightly differently. It's it's not necessarily conducive to a good performance. Uh, that's what you actually look at. All the team, successful teams of the Premiership have always had that ten that bosses it, and you know he's the ultimate boss on the field. Yeah. And you see a lot of the teams. So Bath have struggled a bit. Who do they choose now? Is it Freddie Burns? Is it Priestland? And you've you know you haven't got that one focal leader that 
the coach does so much in the week, but it's all about. I used to, my toys used to go out the pram at times at certain places when I was at Worcester. Richard Hill and I butted heads the whole time because he was adamant that we play this way, and I was like, well, we can't play that way because we're not good enough. Yeah. We have to play this way, and we're in. A, let's not forget, we were in a relegation scrap yeah, half yeah. the time. So, yeah, as a ten, you need complete control, and, and you need that confidence boost from your coach to say Does you're it, the boss. On I, the field. I, I've sort of come to the opinion that it, tactically, within reason, tactically, it doesn't matter how you play as long as everyone's a hundred percent agrees that it's going to work. Yep. Because, as I said, hesitation. Like people talk about form in sport, all form is is people hesitating, and the, the opportunity goes, isn't it? Yeah. We'll move away from Leicester, shall we? Oh, please. Let's go to your favourite other club. Gloucester. Gloucester, yeah. No, no, Harlequins. Harlequins <laughs> against Bath at the weekend. And your old mate, Joe Marler, scored. Mate, he, he, what scored, a try. Uh, uh, he scored a walk-in, mate. He scored a, what are we talking <laughs> about? The try. Quinn's lost at home, mate, to Bath, who have been dreadful this season. Bath were very were good, good, though. They were good, though, weren't they? They were really good. Cock and a singer. Sing what or singer? Cock and a singer. Thock and a singer. There you go. It's spelled cock and a cigar, but it's thock and a singer. Imagine that, cock and a cigar. <laughs> you said it. Uh, Zach Mercer was class yeah. for Bath as well. Big fan of him. But there's the thing though, they've dropped Falatau and put Zach Mercer from six, I think he was yeah. playing before, to eight. You he's know, good though. He, very he's he he's bought up a bit as well. Yeah, you know, yeah. he's, he's Scottish. Well, he's Scottish qualified. Went to school in Scotland. I, I, like, you to him speak, he ain't from Scotland. Yeah, well, well, went to school in Coventry. Proper northerner. <laughs> <laughs> went to school at my home. Um, I watched him as a kid at 15, 16, playing for his school, yeah. just randomly at a school, Merkiston Castle. I was like, this kid's unbelievable. And then him and his dad, his dad coached um, in Scotland, and he was touting him about different clubs. He turned up to Sarri's. <laughs> he turned up to Sarri's and literally started training with the guys and it was on a Monday and it was obviously touching you know what it's like on a Monday Full on. He was is, that when you were being a hero? Sorry, not me mate. I was oh. stiff as a board from the weekend but he's monstering monstering guys and it was one of them where I think it was maybe not the, you know, the highest bidder wins and I was like seriously this, this kid's a good player yeah. and then I think he's bulked up a bit he was class at the weekend shout for England in the autumn do you reckon? potentially yeah yeah, no one's really talking about him actually no. at, at the moment. He, he sort of burst onto the scene and then people sort of stopped. The, the, they found someone new to talk about. But yeah, potentially. Uh, you know, Billy's obviously come back and, and, and is running around. I guess you, Nathan Hughes, nah, his, his, uh, his stats have been really good. But... Yeah, man, I'm not a fan of Nathan Hughes. No. You might not He was say. good at the weekend. To be he's, not, he's, he's not been good for England. Tell me no, he hasn't. He's he well. right there. But he yeah. wasn't fit because he had his knee injury. And when there's 25 grand on the table and Eddie Jones says, do you want to play number eight? Yes, you of do. Of course, mate. You don't, yeah, you don't go, course. actually, I'm not fully fit. But you hear the noises that Di Young's making. They, you know, He had a lot of injuries last year, back-to-back, Nathan. But it was, it was kind of the Lewis... It was good Mo- yesterday. Yeah, yeah it, it was, was kind of the Lewis yesterday. Moody scenario. Do you remember playing with Lewis at Leicester? <laughs> Lewis no. was only ever fit for Leicester two weeks before England played. <laughs> yeah, smart. He was always injured. And then two weeks before the England squad or an England game... It's the Welsh fit. model. <laughs> he'd be fit. Um, and then you play and then you come back broken. But that's what happened to Nathan last year. He kept coming back broken. And that's the Eddie Jones thing. But The only reason I mentioned it is there's actually, there's a lot of people, because there's obviously Sam Simmons as well. There's, I don't see him as an eight, Benny. Come on, I want to hear what your thoughts well, are. Well, hey, Billy, Billy's, I, Billy's hands down. Yeah, hands right. down, but if Billy's not there. So well, Sam Simmons was being Simmons, as an eight. He'll hate this, but you know Eddie will love it. Simmons would be your ideal finisher, wouldn't he? Because he could come on Bloody in any of the three positions finishes. To, to, to give you a little bit yeah. of a lift. And, yeah. and um, you know, when everyone's tired and you bring him on, he's, he's going to be unbelievable. What yeah. about seven? Who would you go at seven? Curry. I think you've got to carry on with Curry. Yeah. yeah. I thought he was really good in the yeah, summer. Was, yeah. um, I I'm think big... you've got to back him. Six is the big question mark for me. Yeah, obviously Shame Shield. for Brad Shields was Yeah, Shields and Rob Shaw did it in the summer. Yeah. Um, I'd like to see. I'd like to see Courtney Laws or Mercer. Marrow in that position that again. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, mate, definitely. 
I sort of was advocating Courtney playing six for England last year a bit. But when he's got his opportunities, I don't think he's been as good a player no, yes, for sir. England as he has when he's played for second row for England. He's done it for Northampton. I think he's a better carrier now than he was oh, before, Courtney. Do you know what I mean? And that's why he can be a Unbelievably better. So what, you, what are you tipping? Second row, are you picking <laughs> Marrow and Launchbury? I've, I think Slater... For in the last few weeks, has stepped up massively. Yeah, I, I said today. I I think he looks lean. He looks fit. You look at what he does around the pitch. Oh, I agree. He, he was bang in contention for the last World Cup before he got his injury. Yeah, yeah. I think you look at it in the second rows. Marrow's obviously a dead sir, and he's a, yeah. and he's playing well. And then obviously Launchbury. Yeah, Launchbury. Well. Yeah, Launchbury. That that's one Laws. of England's biggest problems. Yeah, because there's always so many options that as soon as someone has a slightly off game, right oh, that guy should be in, definitely in. And, and that is a big problem for England. So some of the other teams, you, you get that opportunity to stay together as a, as almost like a club environment and yeah. you just get used to each other. And when someone has a dip in form, you can, you know, they're not thinking, shit, I'm going, I'm, I'm going to be kicked out the the squad here. I think I think that's a, you know, something that, although we all love to speculate about who, who should be in, England coaches need to have a bit of consistency in the team. Otherwise, you, you'll just constantly be bringing in new people. Well, Eddie Jones names his squad, training squad, I think it is, on Thursday. So uh, keep your eyes peeled, boys. Uh, yeah, so Benny, how do you think Quinns will go then? Obviously, Bath hadn't won a game all season. They'd look poor and went down there. I, and... I think they look like, and they've, they've got a few people missing, like, like Sir Horwell and stuff, which, which probably changed that. Marla, Marla coming back in will help them. What a legend Marla is. They, watching lost, the game, they lost with Marla coming back Joe's in. Joe's a legend. But they lost, they, lost, they lost with him coming back yeah, in, Yeah, but Benny. watching the game... <laughs> They looked really lightweight. They looked like they were bullied a bit by Bath. And that would be my worry, though. Guzzi's not the sort of person to sort of sit around with a team that's getting bullied, is Well, he, he said that after, didn't he? he said the set piece was unacceptable. Yeah, um, but, but even every collision Bath went into, really, they won. And Harlequins have shown great grit over the last couple of weeks. But it's almost as though in that Bath game, I thought maybe that Bath had just gone, oh, we've won this, it's easy now. And, and coasted, and then they, they let Quinns back in. They've obviously they, they've got good people over the ball, so if they lose the collision, that gives you more of an opportunity to, to steal. But I think they need some of their bigger bodies back, and I think next year Guzzi will look to strengthen with with some sort of big big men. If you want a decent back rower, Kunatani, who's they signed from Toulouse last year. Oh yeah. He is unbelievable. He sounds an easy one to say in commentary without Kunitani. getting sacked. <laughs> <laughs> say again, Kunitani. Kunitani. Okay. The big fella. Northampton Sarries. Thought North- Northampton looked really good, actually. I've been impressed with Northampton. What about Dylan? I haven't seen it yet. Everyone's saying that Dylan looks a lot, you know, hungry. A lot, lot better. And, mate, and, mate, he does. Yeah. Mate, he looks hungry. Northampton, actually, up front, they look back yeah. uh, to their old selves, really. Maul did, did, did a job on Sarries, Maul. Attack and defence, really. Right. Only watched the highlights and, and a few other bits around the line out. Like Bruce as well. He was good. But that's yeah. a big win. Saris are just a different level, Ben. Mate, like, they, I don't want to talk, it, talk well, they, too much about it. But yeah, it, it's the sign of the, the side that can sort of have those tough games and then just cruise it out at the end and to score to score that many trials. I mean, they've scored bonus points in every game so far. Yeah, so Exeter, record, yeah. Exeter haven't uh, kicked a penalty yet. All their points have come from tries. Nice, good insight. I'd be, hate, I'd be hating playing for them. You think about points, <laughs> points bonus. I'm like, no, take the fucking posts. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so um, those two look a class apart at the moment. Just on that Northampton Saris game, did you see the collision between Billy Vanapola and Naya Ravaro? You're good at saying names. Oh, How big is Naya Ravaro? Naya Ravaro. <laughs> Benny, can you say it, please? Naya Ravaro. Yes, he's struggling as well. Mate, have you seen the size of him? And he's lost about 10k. Yeah, he looks, mate, he looks good. Yeah. Mate, it'll be yeah. massive for them. I yeah. think Northampton's going to be good this year. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think top four, but I think top six. 
Cheers, Jim. Cheers, Ben. Well, that's the end of part one. Join us tomorrow for part two of this week's pod. That's right, we're coming at you twice this week. Have a listen. Rugby pod. Pod, pod, pod. (laughs) 